Well, Brondon, clearly one major talking point in the game. Everybody been asking for it. We've got VAR. And is there yet more drama to come here? I'm obviously really, really happy with VAR. Ask us to the VAR people, please. Don't ask to me. For me, it's very clear. VAR is for say, is good or is not good. The VAR brings the truth to the game and everybody accepts it. Welcome to the VAR Booth Podcast. I am your host, Coach H. Today, we are talking USSF versus UEFA. Once people hear USSF and UEFA, they obviously think coaching education. So today, we're going to be comparing USSF Coaching uh, Federation and then a different UEFA Federation. Um, my guest today, I have two coaches today. Uh, my first guest is Danny Ramos, who coaches out of Sacramento United. Uh, Coach Danny, how are you? I'm well, H. Thank you for having me. How you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you uh, holding up during this pandemic? Um, I'm doing all right, man. Just like um, trying to, you know, make sure we have um, enough content as far as exercises and enough connection with our players at this moment and trying to help find ways to keep them engaged and, and doing um, their exercises at home. Yeah, I can hear that. And then my other guest is uh, Coach Richard Romain, uh, who coaches as the East NL head coach for Eastside FC in Seattle. He's also the director of coaching of Northside Select Club and a women's soccer head coach for Bellevue College. Coach Richard, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, H. Awesome. And how, uh, how are you holding up uh, during this pandemic? I would assume with so many, with your hands in so many different institutions, it must be a little bit difficult. It, it is actually, uh, for the first time, I think I'm busier than ever because I'm off the fields. So it requires more, more communication and more planning as well. So I'm using this time to uh, catch up and getting ready for the upcoming, upcoming season. Yeah, definitely. I hear you. All right, gentlemen. So today we're, we're talking coaching education. Uh, the reason why I asked these two guests is because they both have experience in both USSF and in UEFA. Uh, Coach Danny holds a UEFA B license from the German Federation and also holds a USSF B, while Coach R uh, Richard uh, uh, holds a UEFA B also from the German Federation and then a USSF A, which he just completed about a year ago. All right, gentlemen, thank you for, for being on the show today. All right, so let's, uh, let me start with you, Coach Richard. Um, just your experience, you've gone through all the steps from uh, the online E uh, before they changed uh, to the 4v4 and grassroots all the way to the A now. Can you just give us, uh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you like the most about the USSF uh, coaching uh, sort of journey? Well, first of all, what I really like about US soccer is the fact that they provide a coaching education. Um, and during, so I went through all of them from E, D, C, B, and A. Uh, but the, the last, when I got my A license, the format was slightly different than the B license. Uh, the B license back then was about, if I recall it, about two weeks. And the A license were over three weeks, and we had to travel back and forth. But what I really liked was, especially in my A license, was the quality of the instructors. It was actually different, way different than the B or C licenses. And the level of the level of teaching that they had was extremely high. So beside, I mean, I, I'm not going to get into the details now, um, but my I had a very positive experience um, in my last one, especially because my one of my instructor was uh, Carlos. Um, I forgot his last name, sorry, but he was uh, had tremendous experience at the professional level uh, with the U.S. national team. And he actually was one of the assistants of Jürgen Klinsmann back then. So it was great to get insight about the professional level. And uh, Matt, so he was able to relate to all the sessions that we had in the classrooms and off the field based on his experience. And that's something that is very valuable. Yeah, I mean, I think at this, at this point, it is good to note that the USSF did undergo a change in the past, I would say maybe the past two or three years, where before, one, once they changed the system from just EFDCBA, uh, they added the 4v4, the 7v7, 9v9, and the grassroots ones and got rid of the E, there was also a change in personnel. And I think the personnel that they brought in 
uh, did um, sort of like amplify the value and the quality of the instructions. Um, Coach Danny, uh, talk to me about the UEFA B license that uh, that you got last year. How was that experience? Yeah, I think it was it was a great experience. And um, and before I go into it, I, I mean, I could definitely agree with Richard that you know the quality of the instructor definitely changes the experience um, throughout the course. Um, having someone knowledgeable and very experienced can can help um, reframe different questions that you might have or, you know, the approach um, with that, you know, at the UFO, I think we had um, the privilege of having a couple of different um, level of experiences as far as some of the instructors. Um, the, the main instructor, Ingo, you know, he was good. He was pretty old school, um, you know, the old way of doing things. And, and, you know, I think that still works these days, which was good. We had, you know, a couple of younger coaches who bring that fresh, um, you know, perspective on the game. Um, also, you know, trying to build up their experience as they go on um, with Sven and and um, what was like I'm forgetting the goalkeeper coach from Leipzig his his um, name, but he was he was good too. And then we had you know like like Martin with the with the physical training who um, you know is is working with with a pro level right now with a team that had just moved up from the second division to the first division of the Bundesliga, and you know it was good to pick his brain a little bit and, and understand where he's coming from. But overall, the the experience to to travel and, and get out of your comfort zone and be in a new country, um, you know, in a new place kind of switches it up a lot. Um, and it kind of makes you, you know, feel a little bit more of that sense of, of commitment. I mean, I think that anything we do, we should always feel that commitment. But when it comes to, to that UFO, you know, you're, you're almost like in a new world, per se. So um, I think that that it, it kind of changes um, kind of how you feel and, and it and it sometimes could either help you you know feel more engaged with what you're doing and sometimes it makes you a little homesick for me it was you know it was really awesome to be in a, in a different um, environment yeah yeah no that's that's good good point to 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 note there so 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 far we have the ussf and both the ufa both had people that were actually working in in the industry meaning that were actually soccer coaches at high levels come in and um and be instructors for the, the 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 sessions correct because i remember in in for the ussf in the in before uh a lot of the coaches were there were coaches that coached and maybe you know division three or division one college coaches uh but not necessarily coaches at the highest level and coach rich what richard what you're saying is when you do the uf uh, the difference between the ussfb and ussfa is the fact that you actually had one of the you had a national team first senior team coach uh, instructing you guys. So, uh, and this is where I was very lucky about. I was very lucky because uh, some other classmates per se didn't have that. Um, so oh, for so you're me, saying, so you're saying your UFA A class had an instructor like that, but another U uh, sorry a USSF A class had an instructor like that. But another USSF A class didn't have that that instructor in instructor like that. This is correct. Um, so in my so for me, I was extremely lucky to have uh, such an instructor. Um, and then for others, it was diff, it was positive too. Just in my for my personal preferences, it was easier for me to be able to relate to someone who had experience at the highest level of soccer in the US. Because he uh, coached for MLS, uh, was part of the U.S. national team, and also coached actually D1 college as well, and was a director of coaching. So was able to really relate to every single part of your experience and share some of his, uh, his experience. Uh, for others, they had, um, and I don't know how well or bad it was. Don't I really want to make sure that I, I want to make it clear. Um, they just had sometimes just a D1 coach, or they had. Uh, they also had someone who worked for academies as well. Uh, yeah. So it was just different. I cannot say what it was like, but I know personally um, I was blessed. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Coach Danny, talk to me about... Uh, talk to me about uh, um, the your USSFB course. How was How was that? Um, I think it was it was fairly similar in the in the sense that we we had some high quality instructors. Um, I think most of them had experience um, directing um, as well as coaching 
And the other part was that they had a lot of experience coaching coaches, which I think is a different part. Um, and something that was made pretty clear to me in, in my U.S. soccer course, because um, there was a question that kind of kept coming up when some of the coaches kept asking, well, how come we don't coach each other? How come we don't do a lot of practice coaching where we're coaching the coaches? Um, and the answer was was very much, you know, like what you'd expect. Well, you don't coach coaches in your, you know, back home. You're going to coach players. So we have to try to put, you know, you in that same situation. And with that, these instructors have that experience of coaching coaches to kind of get them to the next level. Something like what um, a director of coaching could or, you know, some people would argue should do at your own club. Um, so I think that was something that kind of changed um, my way of thinking about the courses. Um, and also starting to, to realize, you know, some of the competencies I have and some of the areas where I, where I did need help just because of, you know, some of the feedback I would get from them. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. So, Coach, then you're saying that when you did the USSF, the USSF coaching, um, the B license, you guys did not actually do practice coaching while you were in the no, we, we, we did do it. Um, I feel like in the UEFA course, we did a lot more of that practice coaching. And then the other part was that a lot of the practice coaching that we um, also did was, you know, and one of the things that I liked about the U.S. soccer course was the fact that we could do it right in that week of the time being. And then we would go back to our club for what they would call a development period, which is about eight weeks, almost two months. Right. Um, and then we would get to integrate some of the things that we're learning or some of or the methodology that U.S. soccer has put in place. And we get to practice that with our team. So that's where the practice coaching came rather than coaching all the other coaches in the, the coach. week that we're, we're there at the meeting. But no, we understand that it's difficult for coaches um, to do that because, you know, if you if you're there even for a week, coaches get really tired. And then when you start putting on sessions. The sessions don't really come out great because coaches are, you know, basically doing, you know, 30 to 50 sessions in, in over, you know, two or three days. And, and it doesn't really work out that way. So tell me, uh, Coach Richard, um, what about the UEFA B license did you not like? Oof, it's hard to tell, to be honest with you. Um, I really loved it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just fantastic. Um, I will say the experience that I had over there, maybe in, in my personal opinion, not enough technology. Um, that is being able to record the training sessions um, would have been much, much, much better, I think. Um, I think it was for me the main thing, technology. It was the instructor, Ingo, was great, knowledgeable, same as her, his assistants. Um, but as a little bit old school, adding a bit more technology, technology would have been great, and some yeah. statistics as well. Yeah, and then um, as you compare, uh, Coach Danny, what what about USSF? Would you would you have liked better? Um, you know that's a that's a great question, and and um, to just kind of touch a little bit on on what what Rich is, what had just mentioned, because I totally agree with that. I, I think that the way that the game is moving, um, we need to continue to develop that connection with technology, find different ways for us to, um, you know, think about what we've been doing, show the data of what has been happening and to really, you know, bring out the truth of what's going on. Um, and I think that the people who use that type of technology, whether it be video analysis or, you know, heart rate tracking, those different types of things um, can help you a lot, especially, um, you know, I think what Coach Rich is talking about, in the U.S. soccer course, they make us record ourselves, record our trainings, coaching, and really go into, you know, what the coaching points are. Um, and then just to try to analyze what impact it had on the players. Um, whereas with the UF, I don't think that they made us reflect so deeply about it. Um, but regarding the U.S. soccer course, I mean, I think it's it's a challenging course and it's definitely, um, you know, you're, you're getting your money's worth for it. Um, I think that sometimes um, some of the, one of the things that I kind of dealt with was just, um, kind of holding myself accountable to stay on top of all the assignments, um, a long time, along with, you know, doing 
everything that I had to do for my club at the same time. Because, um, you know, obviously life doesn't pause for this. You know, your life's going on and you're still doing things here and there. Um, but right. then you're going to having to travel back and forth. So, I mean, for me, the only thing I would really say is the fact that I had to travel to Kansas City from California. You know, it would have been different if I could have just drove down the road or something like that. Um, yeah. But, yeah. but beyond that, you know, with the course, I think I think the course was excellent. It really did challenge me as a coach. And I got to make a lot of good connections with people. I mean, maybe maybe I would say to, to have a little bit more time to, with some of the assignments to do things. Um, yeah. you know, in, in a different capacity or, or with a different mindset. Um, but again, you know, sometimes being under the gun is important because it just kind of shows where you are right now and, and how much you can grow in, in that given moment. Yeah. I think I, that, that would be one to, to point out because, um, I, I do believe that a lot of coaches have also felt that there's maybe too many assignments for in the, in the USSF like this, you're, you're doing so many assignments that you're not spending enough time actually learning uh, about things that you that you need to be learning. Do you, do you would you agree with that, Coach Richard? To be honest with you, I I again I am more of a coach who wants assignments. I want to know. I want to be tested. I want to be able when I do my assignments to have feedback. So to me, I think the context is most U.S. coaches have so many jobs; they have to work so much that it's hard for them to combine homework, assignments, and mm. uh, the coaching course. Uh, whereas in Germany, we were, I remember when we were there, we had a lot of time to do it because the quality was very important. Mm. Um, so, I mean, there are a lot of assignments. Not all of them are, diff uh, are easy, um, but it, I think it had great benefits to have a lot of assignments. Yeah. Maybe, well, I mean, I'm well, sorry. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, I was not trying to say that, you know, making, you know, having all the assignments was, was something that I didn't like or change. I mean, I think, you know, it, it does definitely challenge me. And I think that's part and, you know, in, in the large part, why I grew so much is because of, you know, having that pressure, you know, when you have a deadline, you set a time for yourself to get something done, you know, it forces you to act in a different way. And, and I think that that is, is part of it, you know, just like, you know, we, we only have this week to prepare for, you know, next weekend's match. And we have to know everything about the opponent in these next two days so we can plan the week and train the team, you know? Yeah. So, so I think it, it makes sense. And, and like coach Richard says, a lot of people crave that, you know, they want to be challenged. They want to be tested. You know, they understand that that's, what's going to get them to the next level. Um, yeah. so I would just say, um, like for me, it, it was just kind of like a personal thing to integrate it into my you know, life and just kind of go forward with it with, with such short notice. But, um, yeah. but no, I mean, I think it was I great. Mean, but what, I mean, I would say though, if like, I, I understand where you're coming from in the sense that you want to be challenged, but at the same time, what, what coach Richard said is he, he, he said the word, the quality, right. And yes. I feel from what you just said, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to be challenged as a coach by how much work I can complete in 24 hours. Because I'm not here to be challenged of how many, how much work I can complete in 24 hours, but more or less how much knowledge I can squeeze out within this period, this period of time of going through this course. So it, it, it would make more sense to me to rather give me time to make sure that the quality of the information I'm drawing down is of standard rather than give me so much work to do that the quality would not be at that level. What do you guys think about that? Um, so again, I'm going to during during my a license course, we were given assignments uh, in between. So we had to travel there three times. Um, so during between each trips, we had assignments. So I had time, uh, of course, to be able to do my assignments. So it's not like everything was had to be done during the time on-site in Kansas. So some assignments are done during the course, but the one that are graded, uh, you have time to turn them in. Um, and so to me, I mean, overall, everything we were given to me was well done in terms of time uh, for me. For others, it was sometimes a bit too much because we had some coaches who were MNS coaches. And so they were always traveling, dealing with players. So for them, it was a lot.
for me, knowing that I didn't have, uh, I'm not an MLS coach, so I had a bit more flexibility. It was perfect for me to grow. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think, and I think, you know, even if you know you get big, you know, you you get given so many assignments to do in order to to pass the course, you're going to find a way to do it. Um, I think every coach will find a way, no matter what environment they're coaching in. Um, I'm I'm more or less just you know saying, is it is it a good idea? to give so many coach so many assignments as opposed to giving maybe less assignments and then hiring the standard in which you need to complete those assignments coach coach Danny yeah i mean i mean i think that if we're all trying to have the course kind of fit our needs um i don't think that the us soccer is going to do you know put the time in to to do that or accommodate everybody i think they're just trying to have something uniform you know, for, to everybody, you know, here's, here's the bar, like, here's where we're at, you know, everybody needs to kind of be there to pass. Um, but along with what you're saying, like, I, I would agree in the fact that, um, when there's less things on the table, the quality of each one of those assignments is going to improve. Um, however, I think they do give us sufficient time to do the things that are needed to be done. Um, and it's, I think it's, it's sufficient. Um, again, the, the quality can change because maybe we have other things going on in, in our lives in the background, but it's like you said, like, you know, it's, it's just like playing the game. Like, you know, this needs to be done for us to get the results. So we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do it. Um, I'm not sure if I completely answered your question there, but no, just no, kinda, no, you kinda, did. No, <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah. I, I definitely did. And, and we're both agreeing on, on, on that. Well, on that note though, um, in terms of quality of education um what what did you think which one did you and i'll start with coach danny which one between ussfb and then the obviously the ufab which one do you feel that had better quality education um yeah i mean i mean i think that that question is pretty broad and you can you know definitely go into different types of, of quality of you know whether it's the quality of the teaching or the quality of the content or the quality of the assignments. I mean, I think both of them just, held us. Overall. Yeah, let's just yeah, go overall. I, I would say both of us held us to, you know, a really high standard. They all treated us like professionals. They all kind of kept us, you know, um, in that type of environment where we're here to, you know, make each other better and, and you know, obviously make our game better. Um, so I, I would say that it was different because um, when you're in Kansas City, you're at the at the learning center you're at a multi-million dollar facility that, you know, as coach Richard said, it has, you know, the technology from, you know, touchscreen TVs that you can use for your presentation to just the video recording equipment they had to, for every, you know, for each of the fields to record you while you're doing your training um, to just the, the equipment and the boards, the tactical boards they had. Um, I think they definitely try to hold you to a really high standard. Um, whereas when we were in, uh, Germany, a lot of, a lot of the stuff we were doing, we were really kind of just relying on our notes and just, you know, it was maybe like a written piece of paper, um, to draft up our session. Whereas the U S soccer, you know, that we had to develop our session in, in the coaching center, the digital learning center, and then, you know, submit it that way. So, um, I think, you know, part of that integration to the technology kind of in my sense, put a little bit of a higher, like, you know, sense of quality or standard with, with the U S soccer. But, at the, but when you go into kind of like the context or, or, you know, the content, um, a lot of what U S soccer had for us was, you know, here's how we would define the way you play the game, right. With what they call the roadmap of success, where they divide the game into the different moments of the game. And then the different, um, goals, you know, whether it be building up or whether it be, you know, trying to, um, you know, score as, as far as you go from, you know, front to back defending or attacking, right. I think that they really defined a way that they want us to teach the game and what they believe is a way that we should all be playing. Um, whereas in the UEFA, it seemed like it was more so like, Hey, here's, here's a couple of things about, you know, like the basic principles of attacking, defending. Um, and here's what, you know, how you guys can use it. And it was a, a large, a majority in part about what we already knew also in combination with that. Um, Coach Richard, what do you think? Um, um, Which one was more educational? 
the UFAB the UFAB to me was my favorite course. Um, and the main reason is because everything was about details and tactics, details and tactics. Um, and and the instructor, coach for the uh, f- coach for the German national youth team, coach the Boateng the Boateng's brothers, Ozil, uh, coach also the Bundesliga. So we're talking about not only how you run a training session, it's also how you deal with players. And he had prime example and he had he had a prime experience on how to manage players because during your training session, it's not only about what you know, it's how you deliver your knowledge and how you get the players to do what you want them to do. And he will tell you, well, when I had Jerome Bratang, this, this, this happened, it talks to you. Um, so with my US, uh, with my USF instructor, I was, as I said earlier, I was very lucky to have a, co- uh, a teacher, an instructor who had prime experience at the highest level. But if sometimes, you know, it's if you have a college coach, they may or may not have the proper ways to explain what you expect at the highest level. So UFIB was definitely for me the best course, and they were very direct. Uh, there was no, oh, you got to pass, just do this to pass. It's You can fail your course as well. Absolutely no mercy. So it keeps you on your toes all the time. It doesn't matter how much money you spent to get there. Right. Yeah, it's It was cutthroat. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I would, I, I would second that as well, and also say, I mean, I, I think, I think teaching coaches how to move forward in this technology phase that we have, I think it's good. Um, I think it's great, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you why I think USSF is also skipping a, a certain important step, but also like a lot of things in on Earth. If you have so much fluff, uh, think about think think about it as 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 a cake. If the cake looks really good, but once you taste the cake, it doesn't taste good. Does it make that cake a good cake because it still looks good, or uh, is the quality of the cake now not as good as we thought it was because of the fact that it looked good, Coach Danny? Yes, I think that a lot of times, you know, our perception or our interpretation of what something will be is one. And then once we get there, there's obviously, you know, the reality of of what we're dealing with. Um, And in that, I think everybody has their own ability to, you know, either change that perception or just to, you know, keep it. I think it's a lot to do with attitude. In this case, I think that it's more so of, of, you know, um, sometimes I I wasn't really... um, conscious of that but i was i was telling myself like oh i like that better oh i like this better i like but at the end of the day i'd kind of just tried to change my mindset to like an open mindset like okay well i'm open to this way of teaching and here's what they want me to accomplish to show them that i am this coach so here's you know my effort at it or here's my attempt to to you know achieve that um and when i say that i mean like um for example like the the coaching in in the game part was different for me because at the UEFA, I kind of just, you know, you just went for it. You showed them what you knew and you did it. And then, you know, I think it was one time or twice that we had, maybe I think it was just on the final test that we had a little bit of feedback when we did that one-on-one meeting. Whereas when, when you'd go into the U S soccer, like I really liked that right after the practice coaching, they said, all right, you know what, analyze yourself coaching in that 20 minute section now. And now, you know, Think about if those moments came up that you were trying to coach or now do you see anything different and that reflection part of it that we didn't have you know as much or it wasn't really they weren't really encouraging us to reflect as much in the uefa i really appreciated that out of the u.s soccer because for me it always helps me think how can i make what i'm already doing or what i did a little bit better or how can i be more concise how can i be clear yeah. Um, so I think there's two different cakes, you know what I mean? And, and yeah, they, they, they might taste a little different, but you know, it's, it's also, you know, sometimes you got to try new things, right? <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're right. So the, 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 with the USSF, you felt like there was, there was a little bit more guidance through the whole journey as opposed to the UF. It was like, all right, you either know it or you don't know it, or from point A to the last point, we're going to teach you a couple of things and you gotta, you gotta learn as much as you can. And then we'll test you again at the at the end. But what, 
one thing that you said kind of struck me. You you said that in you know in the USSF, what they did is they gave you their roadmap to what a successful coach or successful coaching is, and um, not necessarily what successful coaching is, but more so how to um, you know how to break down the game um, from actions and concepts of of, of you know. Um, what you want to do when you do have the ball or you don't have the ball as individuals or, or as a group, you know? And, and do you, and coach Richard, did you feel that way as well about the USSF? Yeah. So the roadmap uh, Danny is referring to, if I'm correct, it's about the four phases of the games and how, and technically when they provide that to you, they give you also all the principles within each phases of the game from a group defending from individual, from um group and individual so um it was i think it was great for some of us it was a refresher or sometimes there were a bit more details in it um that was the opposite i mean it's it was a bit more detailed yeah but do you guys think do you you guys think if if i um as a technical director went to one of my coaches and uh, i told him okay this is this is the way in which you need to do this. Do you think, and this goes to my, my overall question over here, do you think that's preparing the coach? And maybe do you guys feel that USSF uh, prepared you for the next five or ten years of soccer better than the, the UEFA uh, coursing, uh, the UFAB coursing course, coaching course? Well, I, w- I would say, um, first of all, uh, the roadmaps are, is just a tool, right? Like anything else, it's a, it's a tool that you can use. Um, in this case, it's helping you um, define those moments that Richard was talking about, define those principles within that given moment, whether you're in possession or you're not. Um, so and, so and it, dictating how one should go about coaching, but more right. is the tools how to decipher certain things about the coaching. Right. And, and so like, for example, then it would, then, you know, back to your question, it would just apply to, you know, what's your club identity and what's your, you know, your club methodology. Some clubs, you know, are, are, are spread apart where it varies from coach to coach, how the team plays. Um, if you coach for somebody like Barca, you know, they had, they, the kids play the same way the first team plays or the first team plays the same way the kids play. Um, so, you know, they have that uniform uh, style all around. Um, and if I'm a coach that wants to keep a certain style like for example i could relate to that because at our club we we try to do that you know we, we often say that you know if, if you go to a, a field and the kids don't have jerseys you know you should be able to distinguish which team is ours because of how they play so if you're trying to maintain that and you know if you're trying to you know keep thriving that with that then i think that it's important to have something in place and maybe you don't tell your coach hey do this but you just say like hey you know like here's the outcome that we'd like to have, like what's your approach to achieving that? Or how do you teach these things? You know, this is what we already have. If I'm a new coach, it makes it easier to become integrated in there because now I have, um, you know, using their word, a roadmap to how, how to make it happen. Right. So, so, so basically it's, it's, it's quintessentially what a philosophy is to a club, right? So this is our club philosophy. So this is our guideline and you can create sort of like the stem, the stem of a tree. Um, but you can create different branches off that. Um, but it, but in a way, it's keeping us um, it's keep it's keeping us linear uh, and as dynamic within the, within our our philosophy and institution. But the apex is you know it's up to you as a, as a coach. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll ask you this, Coach uh, Coach Richard. Um, with within that though, do you feel that that still influences uh, the mind of a coach as opposed to giving them a completely blank slate and say, um, "I want you to develop these tools yourself so that your perspective can be different to the perspective that we we have as a as a federation." Does does does, does that make sense? So the uh, yes, it does. Um, so re- throughout throughout uh, both courses, the main point that I have uh, that re- that I remember is they help you with the methodology. No matter what your philosophy of the game is all about, 
no matter what your style of play is all about. They are just telling you whatever it is, the methodology, the methodology is this is how you're going to do your training sessions. Of course, you can have some variation, but they were really trying to teach you a methodology to get the best out of every single training sessions, as well as getting the best as, uh, the best out of every single player. All right. Uh, now, that's good. And I think both, both uh, federations definitely achieved that very well. Um, which one would you say, Coach Daniel, was more challenging? USSF. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's tough to say because, again, um, I would say that both of them, you know, challenge you in, in different ways. But I think um, for me, um, I, I think I struggled a little bit more with the U.S. soccer coach over the soccer uh, coaching yeah. courses. Yeah. Um, and, and most of it was, was just that, you know, just kind of um, having a lot of work. And I think that sometimes – I just look at it like the pile of it, you know what I mean? Look at it as a whole, like, man, I got all these things to do. But at the same time, you know, I, I think it, it did challenge me to, to grow a little bit more. Um, I, I think for me, my personality kind of went a little bit more with, with the UFO. That's why it was a little bit easier as far as, you know, just kind of going with the flow and just kind of picking it up. And then, you know, here's what we're doing today. And the next day was like something different, you know, kind of like chunking it in a sense is what I feel like they did. And it worked for me. Um, so it was more so, I guess, maybe my personal learning style that that was a little bit challenged as well yeah and made the u.s soccer a little bit difficult for me yeah what about you coach richard which one was uh was more challenging the usf or uh the ufab the ufab uh was the most challenging one because uh there's a learning phase that you love a lot that is great full of knowledge full of details uh the way they freeze the way they freeze games um but at the end there's the learning there's a learning phase of the course and it also are you going to get home with your with your license um i know in the ufib it's either you fail you pass but not allowed to go to the ufia or you just pass with being granted the fact that you can go to the ufia so you have three levels to to technically to be uh, evaluated uh ussf I'm going to say with my A license, I, I don't even know if people fail. I don't know. Yeah. To be honest, I, I know I got it. I loved it. Um, and I'm looking forward for more. But I just don't know if, if anybody, anybody even failed. And everybody failed. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I, I'll second that as well. I, 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 I do believe sort of like the, the credit part of, of grading between the two federations, I think, the UFA is a little bit more stricter than uh, USSF, and that also. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll ask you, Danny. Do you think? Do you think that that is detrimental to the USSF? That the fact that mostly, mostly everybody passes uh, the each 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 letter, I guess, each letter course, and gets gets to leave the building with uh, with. Uh, you know, with a USSF A license, but there's some coaches which we we all know. We all know there are coaches who have USSF A license but are not really good coaches. Yeah, I mean, essentially, I think that you know it, it goes to to show you know for, from from that standpoint that they're kind of saying like, hey, if you can do these certain things in this way, you guys can you know achieve this licensing. Um, at the same time, that doesn't mean it's easy to do the practice coaching or it doesn't mean, you know, that what they're looking for is not, you know, or less challenging than the UEFA. I think they're just looking for different things um, in terms of, of, you know, what, what they're doing. I know um, at one point I saw something kind of like a checklist that was what the instructors were like looking for. And, and it was, you know, interesting to see, you know, what they were kind of grading us on. Um, and I don't remember everything off the top of my head, but I'm sure that checklist to assess us as coaches was different from what the the UEFA coaches um, or instructors were looking at. Um, so I think that it is detrimental um, to anything um, when when you pass everybody or or when you're giving everybody you know um, that I guess reassurance that hey you know if you do this you're going to pass if you do that you're going to pass. Um, as opposed to saying like, "Hey, you know what? You're you're just not quite there yet. You got to do this. You got to, you know." As for example, like the the UFO was like, you know, was a little bit more cutthroat, I guess, and and it was a little bit more just kind of like, 
it's almost like brutal in a sense you would say that they were just so honest and so just hey this is it right here or hey you know we want that or that's not it you know it um it comes off a little bit differently and and i think that it makes it a little bit more elite when you obviously you know have a smaller gap to fit through or or you know have a higher standard for yourself for sure yeah definitely um i'm gonna, i'm going to go through a little bit more of these questions because i think these these questions are kind of will help uh, listeners to basically s- compare and contrast between the two um but let me ask you coach richard which which license are you more or what I say are you most proud of the ussf license or the uefa license you're trying to get me in trouble with my um, yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I'll say. I, I mean, I, listen. I'll I'll be honest, and from from my point of view, I'll say I'm more I'm more proud of my UEFA just because of the fact that it was more difficult to get on it, and also uh, the UEFA license is internationally renowned. You can go anywhere to any country with a UEFA license. But you can't really do that with the USSA. But that's just my opinion. What 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 about you, Coach Richard? I mean, re- regarding I mean the label itself, UEFA obviously open it opens more doors uh, for your future. So obviously the UEFA B license is my favorite in terms of um, at least on the, my resume it looks great. Um, I'm, but I am also very proud of reaching the USSF A license, especially in this environment. Um, but again, the UFIB, I think, was magical to me. It really opened my eyes about the game itself. Um, more, And when we talk about details and details and details and details, I, rem- I will always remember there was a, uh, during my tra- practice session in Germany, uh, that I can't remember the topic that I was given, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I think I did fine. I missed a couple of points here and there. And when I had my feedback, it's like, Richard, you just failed. I don't even know why we're going to spend time talking about your training session where you were completely off topic. Mm. And I was like, all right, okay, makes sense. Just, it doesn't matter how well your rest, your training session is run. If you're off topics, you take, you just miss the point. Um, right. And having a second chance is something really, it's, it's hard to, I mean, at, at their level is Bundesliga. It's what it is in their mind. The Bundesliga is not right. about coaching for Stanford. It's not about coaching for uh, University of North Carolina. It's they're trying, to, they're, trying, they're trying to get you up for the highest, the highest level possible. Yeah, exactly. That's the level they're looking for, and I'm sure they want the same for with US soccer. I'm sure that's one of their plans. And I have some friends who are doing so well. They were called into the U.S. Uh, national team coaching staff, so um, they're doing well as well there. You know, you know, it's funny. You, yeah, that's actually I wasn't even thinking about this, but that's that's actually a good point. Where I, I would say some federations, and this is not all U, UEFA federations, but a lot of a lot of federations kind of they they educate you to coach at the highest level possible, even though they know that some coaches won't reach that level. Um, but USSF coach you, they, they want to give you as much as information as possible, but do you feel like, like maybe sometimes coach Danny, that they, they give you information specifically for your environment and your environment to, to thrive in your environment, not necessarily to, to take it an, to another level environment a little bit with higher standards and to, to, su- to succeed over there. I mean, I think it w- it would be both, you know, I think that what they give you is, is something that's, you know, it's not general because I think it's definitely at a higher level, but it's, it is more like uniform in the sense that you could mold it to apply, you know, to fit however, you know, you need it, you know, depending if you're a smaller club, a grassroots club, if you're like an ECNL or, or, you know, academy club, or you work for an MLS team, it, it's definitely content that you can apply to all aspects. And yeah. then with, you know, through the course, I think they they do a couple of these different, you know, sessions of how to you can use that information to integrate it. And, you know, obviously there's different touches that they have. But I would say, um, you know, that that they that they do kind of put it out there in a way that here's what it is, you know what I mean? And here's um how it could possibly, you know, 
be used in this way, or here's how somebody else can use it. And I think with the little breakout sessions that we have, we have you know quite a few each time that we went. I think that's where you really try to um, kind of go a little bit further in how to apply it. I remember just even the periodization, we had like a breakout session on that. And so we all grouped up by age group of coaching. You know, yeah. there was there was people that coached, you know, PDL or USL and, you know, pro teams in their in college, you know, so they would put them together because that was similar. All the coaches that maybe played, uh, you know, U15 through U19, they put them in the same, you know, group as well as 12 through 13, you know, and, and, and the other group below because it's right. different. But um, that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, do you feel you're that asking, that's you're maybe asking because if I'm coaching, if I'm coaching at a U10 level, yes, I want to know how I can best perform at my level. But also at the same time, I'm aspiring to coach at college. I want to be, I want to be with the, with the college guys, or I want to be with the MLS coaches because that's where I want to be in the next couple of, you know, in the next couple right. of years. No. And, and I think that that's where, you know, maybe some of the, the, the reasoning behind it is different because, you know, we all know that, U.S. soccer is not in the same place where the, you know, DFB is in the sense of having, um, like, for example, you, like Richard mentioned at Germany, you know, everybody's coaching at, at a higher level and wanting to, you know, establish a standard of, hey, we're coaching these guys to, you know, we want them to get into the Bundesliga, right? I mean, I think Germany has a renowned um, coaching school. Um, you know, you can even go all the way up to getting your PhD, I think, or something like that. I was, I was reading something about how Germany has, you know, the highest standard of, of coaching all around because they have, you know, certain um, degrees beyond the, what would be the UFA or the UFA pro, you know, they have something to go further along. Um, whereas in U.S. soccer, I think we're still more of a point where we're still trying to um, develop everybody to kind of get to that point. And with that, part of the development that's coming in is, is the coaching education. You know, if you think about, you ask different people over the last um, I would say even 15 years and the difference in the coaching courses, I think it's complete, it's continuing to change all the time. And we don't know that it, that it will or won't change again next year or, or, you know, within two or three years. I think that if you can find a way to do something better then you're obviously going to change it. Um, but back to your question, you know, was it detrimental that it was all, you know, kind of spread out a little bit? I don't think so because I think it makes it easier for you to use it, you know, because maybe, um, you know, for example, me, I, I coach, you know, more of the youth level and more in like a development sense, you know, from eight to 16 year olds, um, just trying to get them to, you know, develop as soccer players and more importantly as people, right? Because at the end of the day, um, the truth is that kids from my club are not gonna, we're not trying to develop pros, but, you know, along the way, there's, there's kids that come out that, you know, do very well and need another challenge. So we do pass them off to, you know, maybe a, a Sacramento Republic Academy around here, or maybe they would go into a different club with a higher level of competition where they could continue to move forward. Um, but for me, the the reality is that, you know, um, most of these guys are just playing or and girls are playing just competitive soccer to, you know, middle to higher, you know, tier um, leagues or, you know, divisions. Um, they're not, they're not, everybody's playing at the pro level. Whereas maybe if I was, um, coaching somewhere in Germany, then maybe I would be trying to ascend to coach in a higher level league. Um, but I just think that there's just two different realities there. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, uh, I thank you again for joining me. Um, last question, uh, and I'll give you guys, uh, both to answer them as, as quick as you can here. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll just sign it off. And I thank you guys again for sharing your knowledge and uh, your experience with, with both uh, federations. I think there's more, we can definitely be here for another two, three hours, but you know, we don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to do that to you. Um, so here's my last question. Which one between the USSF and the UFA, which one did you walk away from feeling more inspired? I start with uh, coach Richard. Uh, again, you're going to make me lose my job, but it's okay. It's worth it. Um, <laughs> I, 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 again, I think the UFIB, um, and I think it's maybe because actually it's hard to tell because even with my USSFA, I think what, what my instructors had great impacts and because of their experience, they were able to share stories with international coaches, international 
players. So I will say maybe UFIB a bit more because yeah. um, the instructor was top notch. Um, I will say he had more experience, um, but again, um, I think it's also because it's your the European way, and I think I yeah. was craving for it. That you had to get on the plane and go to Europe for it. That also plays a, a <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think it, it's also the environment. I mean, we were staying, we were not staying in hotels. We were staying where the youth players from Berlin will come. Uh, to stay over. So it was like their dorms. And then I remember you will have those kids coming uh, for a weekend so they could train or get some courses and get better. Um, So you were surrounded by that too. And they explained to you that there's no miss. I mean, nothing is made randomly or there's no luck. They want to make sure they know all the kids so they don't miss on any kids. And that's the environment. It's not only about the instructors, what do we see? The environment. I even remember the amount of food they serve. They wanted at some point they say, "You Americans eat way too much," because yeah. for them, I mean, for them, we're talking about it's the entire thing. Whereas I remember in Kansas, I, I mean, there was a lot of food and they, they make sure. I mean, it, that was well. The more, the, the, more food, yeah, the more food, the better. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, quickly, Coach Danny? Which one did you walk away for feeling a little bit more inspired? Yeah, I, I think I would agree with Richard in the sense of, you know, there's, there's, um, for me, always, you know, as, as a kid, um, the UEFA Champions League was, you know, one of the coolest and highest standard of competitions. And in, in this sense, also from coaching, I think that, you know, you don't really come across a lot of coaches, especially out here, who have that licensing. Um, there's very few that I know, I would say, um, up until this last year that I've met all of you guys. <laughs> But I think that it was definitely more inspiring, you know, to have to make that um, journey out there um, be in, like Richard said, it was actually a soccer school. You know, it wasn't a hotel. It was, it was a, you know, a historic place, um, Vonzi, right? Um, that it was just a school that that have has kept going. And, you know, there's a lot of different coaches who have gone through that, um, you know, being in a place where, where you know, as as you guys have mentioned, you know, the, the coaches have so much experience, um, to draw back from and sharing those stories. I think it touches you a different way. Um, and it, and it helps kind of motivate you to kind of be, you know, to push yourself to go further along. But also when you leave, you leave with that sense of belonging or being a part of something like that and, and, you know, being able to bring that back. And, and because of that, I think that the UF a touch, you know, it definitely weighs a little bit more with me. Yeah, definitely. Coaches, I thank you for your time. Thank you for your knowledge. Thank you for your experience. I hope you guys uh, get through this pandemic and uh, we can all be back on the field. Um, I really appreciate uh, the time that you've given us. And uh, I'm sure a lot, of, uh, a lot of coaches and a lot of players as well will be able to listen to this uh, episode and get something from it. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Rich. Hey, you're welcome, Edge. Thanks for hosting us. All right. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. VR Booth. Podcast. Thank you for listening to the VAR Booth Podcast. If you like this episode, please rate it, subscribe to our podcast, and comment your thoughts on the topic.